0: Pass the block! Here come the aces on the run. De-Energizer. Looks for Ty Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass. And good. Good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, uh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Here we go! Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hamish hey, gonna let one fly. Two and three. Two three. Energizer, what a three from half court! Oh my goodness! Are you kidding me? TC Martin. There was six seconds to go. and Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three. To give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in, 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 in. Glad to have you with us on a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Ballpark Frank in the house. Numb check on the other side of the glass. Making it happen for us on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. One of the great days of the year. Nice April day. Masters. Augusta, Georgia. Beautiful weather there. We'll give you updates on what is happening in Augusta, the opening round, and look forward to that for the next four days. See if we have any drama there. And Doesn't it seem right and sound right and feel right? They were talking Masters in April. We had March Madness to its conclusion in a great Final Four championship game Monday, and it seems like we are slowly but surely getting back to some sense of normalcy here in the month of April. So that's got to feel good. As the Masters in November, which we had just a few months ago. Yeah, it feels good, man. It feels
1: right. It feels good, but there's still some uh, hurdles to, uh, to get over in that. And, you know, it looks like maybe we'll have a Triple Crown that actually goes the way it's supposed to with the Derby prep races yes. coming up, and the Derby will be yeah. the first Saturday in, uh, in May, like it ought to be. Mm-hmm. However, we did get news today that the French Open is postponing the start of their tournament one week. Because of the pandemic, we know that up in Canada right now with hockey, that Vancouver uh, is at least another week away from hitting the ice. Over 20 players have COVID, so, you know, there there are still some remblances of it out there, so it, things are getting back to normal but it ain't over yet, but yes, it is nice to have
0: things starting to fall back into place. Yeah, don't forget the washington nationals they're they're back playing baseball. Well, I'm not going to go over everything i mean I there, there's a whole there's a
1: whole world out there of things that still aren't that way, but I'm just saying it's yeah. it's nice to have things starting to come back in place, but there are
0: still hurdles to get over right since you and I are fully vaccinated now yes does that does that mean we still have to wear masks? I from what I understand we better get Christina on the line here. I
1: we're supposed to still just for <laughs> comfort and everything else and because of the, you know, the the way that it looks and that kind of stuff. I technically don't have to. I don't think. You do because you still have to wait the 2 weeks after your vaccination time. So, you know, mm-hmm. but but I as of Tuesday, it was over 2 weeks since my shot, so I theoretically I believe I'm good.
0: But there's still protocols that are in place, right? Yes, yeah, that, and, and that's why I'm saying
1: I'm I'm still supposed to okay, just
0: for aesthetics and look. So if and you're going else. to a business that requires it, then yeah, I would have to wear even it, even though it, yeah. that we're vaccinated.
1: Now I can carry around that card and that kind of stuff right? and show that I have been fully vaccinated and that kind of stuff. But yes, you are you are still supposed to wear them right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I guess if if nothing else, just to. Avoid confrontations or arguments or this, that, or other, and you know. Right. And, and what's to stop somebody? From saying, I'm fully vaccinated. Leave me alone. You know. You got to take out your card every time or something like that to show
0: that you are. See, I haven't done that yet. I have not got out the car, and I, I haven't actually gone into a place without a mask yet. And I came into the office today thinking, like, hey, you know what? I I don't think I need the mask. Well, well, you still do I, until I, I, it's I been better. two weeks
1: since you shot.
0: Right. That's true too. Yeah. Again, mine's been two I'm, weeks. Oh yeah, you've been two. So, I'm a little so technically, short of that, yeah.
1: but but I still wear mine all the time, and yeah. like I wouldn't go into one of the grocery stores or someplace else and not wear it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, first off, I'm not going to thumb my nose at everybody else, going, "Oh, I got vaccinated. I'm better than you." <laughs> I'm not better than anybody. I was fortunate enough to get the vaccine and get vaccinated, and now I'm. Okay. And then I know there's still a lot of people out there that are still saying that they're leery of it and they don't even want to do it. So you will continue. To wear the mask. I will wear the mask as long as they mandate that we should be wearing masks. Yeah. I don't have a problem C- with it. Could be a while. It could be. There you go. Whatever. And the other thing about it, too, is like all these people out there that are go, like, oh, I like how the flu disappeared. You don't think maybe <laughs> masking that had something to do with that? Yes. Because we're not spreading germs and diseases anymore? Man. I don't know about you, but I didn't take one sick day at my last job in 27 years. Uh, unfortunately, and I'm not bragging about it because it's probably something to be more ashamed of than bragging about. I probably got some people sick when I went in there a couple of times when I had the flu or something yeah, like should, that. You
0: should have stayed home, man. There's
1: but no I didn't. Help. Yeah, I had an Ironman award. I yeah. was trying to be the Cal Ripkin without any rewards
0: for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're being serious. You 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 really wanted an Ironman award, didn't you? I did. You, I right. I did not want to take a day off. But you that, you still will get
1: paid when you don't go to work. You know that it doesn't matter. 27 years i didn't take one sick day
0: <laughs> it, it, it had to get hit by a car to pull this guy out of his job all right broke my neck broke your broke his neck are you put crazy a, put a screw in to, to hold my head t- up yeah exactly and wanted to come back the next day but i can relate to that to wholeheartedly now when i got hit by a car and I won't go over the whole story i think we've talked about it before but yeah i was i was uh Crossing the street in front of the Palace Station, going way, way, way back, and I get hit by cars on my way to the airport. And why was I running across the street, getting out of the car to because I was the passenger, I was getting dropped off at the airport because I wanted to put some money into my betting account because I was on my way to the NCAA tournament, so I could actually make some wagers while I'm at the NCAA tournament. So there you go, and and, and right, and and with me, no surprise to people right. that know me.
1: I was going to a place that served Pepsi products. Right. I wanted a Coke. Right. People always told me Coke was
0: going to kill me, and it damn near did. But my point <laughs> is when I got hit by a car and got thrown about 30 feet and landed on the sidewalk there in front of the Palace Station, I was knocked out unconscious, and people around me, paramedics, and I woke up. I said, okay. Uh, I got to go. I got to go. Well, go. Go where? I'm going to the airport. Hey, you're not going anywhere. You're going to the hospitals where you're going, and they're getting me an ambulance, and I was fighting them. I'm going, no. I've got to get on a plane. i got credentials. I'm going to the NCAA tournament. I had that same argument. That's not my point. That's why I'm bringing it up, because you, just like me, we went through that, and we had. they had to drag us to the hospital, even though we both were in, I don't want to say, near death defined situations and then so i go to the hospital and the doctor says you're lucky to be alive I go, come on i want to go watch basketball
1: yeah i remember I get, me- and i remember your story too because i was there yeah you. i was put in the back of the ambulance the emts had put the the harness on my neck net they asked if i knew a certain gentleman i said yeah that's my program director they said well he wants to talk to you but we wouldn't let him in the ambulance so I called him on my phone. I just pulled my phone out of my pocket and called him. And I got on speakerphone because I can't hear very well because all this stuff on me. And uh, I'm like, yeah, hey, Mark, what's going on? And he goes, are you okay? I'm like, I don't think so. I think I was in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and as there's blood all over the place and this, that, and the other. And they, he's like, well, and the ambulance started pulling on the street. And I was like, hold on a second. I go, yeah, you guys are going the wrong way. I got to get up to Parkway Tavern to right. do the hockey game right. because we have I'm doing the show and then the pregame show and then the game. And then after the game, they go, well, no, sir, we think you might have broke your neck. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I got a game to do. And they said, sir, you're bleeding really bad. And I said, I'm not bleeding. And they said, put your hand up to your forehead. And I put my hand up yeah. to my forehead. And I mean, there was blood everywhere. Right. And I'm like, oh, I said, well, can you put a Band-Aid on it? Take me up to do the game, and we can take care of this crap (laughs) afterwards. And they're like, no, we're taking you to the hospital right now. And I'm arguing with them. Were you ever unconscious? You you were conscious the whole time, I was unconscious, and I didn't know it. They asked me if I had ever lost consciousness, and I said, I don't think so. And then I realized, I remember the impact, and I remember being in the ambulance, and I'm like, hmm, there probably was some stuff that went on in between there. And I remember when I went and saw my car at the junkyard to clean out the stuff Mm -hmm. in it, because, you know, my car is a mess all the time. And I looked down, and I just saw. I mean, there was blood on the windshield, blood on the—there was blood everywhere. Mm. And all these paper towels and that that they were trying to—and I was like, wow, that's all my blood. Maybe I was kind of cut kind of bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I did not want to leave. And then they put a screw in my neck, and then I talked to nurses into to the doctors, okay, and I left the day after. Unbelievable. It was not the smartest thing I ever Broken did. Broken neck leaves—
0: the yeah. day after. And then,
1: the, then the doctor insane. asked me, he's like, well, how was the in-home nursing care and this and that? And I'm like, yeah, it never happened. They, <laughs> they screwed up the paperwork. so." I, and he's like, you've been doing this. You realize that if you would have slipped one time in the shower, getting up to do doing anything, rolling over wrong in your bed, that screw could have come loose and you could have either been dead or paralyzed for life. And I was like, yeah, you know, that doesn't bother me because we're all going to die. But the thought of being paralyzed, that really kind of ticked me
0: off. You notice how he started the story there? He started the story blaming Pepsi. Do you see how he started that? That's just just wrong. Don't blame the Pepsi.
1: Well, if they would have had Coke, I would have never had to go to the 7-Eleven to get a Coke.
0: So, yeah, it is kind of their fault. You don't know. Something else could have happened. No. I (laughs) You don't know. I mean, maybe something else happens. You know, you're talking about that one minute of the day that that car was going through that intersection. You decide... (laughs) You don't know? You could have been – I don't know. All I know is
1: for the rest of the season I had to wear a collar. I was supposed to be in the hospital for at least three months or more. I left the day after they put the screw in. I was supposed to not go go back to work for probably at least six months. I went back in under three weeks, and I even snuck in a couple times and took care of some work that I – because I knew that it wouldn't get done if I wasn't there. So, yeah, I did some things that definitely weren't smart. And then the first time I went in the locker room for the Golden Knights, all the players were like, what are you doing? What are you? I'm like, oh, I broke my neck. Yeah, right. Oh, I broke my neck, and I have the picture in my phone, and I'm showing people, and they're like, oh, my God, you really broke your neck. And I, I, I can't remember which player it was. I think it might have been pierre Edward Belmar, and he was like, well, you're a hockey
0: announcer. so <laughs> Exactly. You know, maybe you uh, shouldn't be such a cola snob. That's really the moral of the story. Shouldn't be a cola snob. Oh, wait, Is if a, you weren't a as cola much a snob, of a food
1: snob as you are, I can't be a cola snob. No, I'm not gonna quit being a cola snob. I almost died for this crap and I still will drink it. I will pay twice as much for a Coke and turn down a free Pepsi. Ain't gonna happen, okay? By the way, when you got hit by the car, was it a block or a charge?
0: <laughs> it's definitely a charge. Okay. It's definitely a charge. God. There it is, Mister Ringing Endorsement for Coca Cola, neck brace and all. There you go. You got Mean Joe Green in his filthy T-shirt and Frank in his neck brace. Mean
1: Joe Green. Everybody thought that commercial was so much. He he did a sixteen ounce a, a sixteen ounce bottle.
0: Yeah. I used to
1: be able to chug a two liter bottle of Coke.
0: And we don't know how many takes that actually took Mean Joe to do.
1: I heard it was something like. Twelve or something. Yes. So it was a lot of coke that he did drink yeah, by yeah. the time that yeah. was over.
0: So my point is, it could have been edited. Maybe it wasn't one shot. You know, I don't know that.
1: Well, with my two-liter bottles, I know it was one shot because <laughs> there was money on it. So, but yeah, sometimes it can kind of back up a little. It, it can burn your throat a little bit when you
0: drink that much straight down. All right, Masters update. Um, Masters underway today in Augusta. Ceremonial honorary starters. This is one of the things in sports. That is very very cool. I got to say. So the master starts off early morning on on Thursday there in Augusta, Georgia, and they have honorary starters. The old timers come out, kind of like
1: a first pitch in baseball exactly. or something. Or, yeah, good
0: point. Good. Point. Or,
1: or dropping the hockey puck in a Stanley Cup game or something right. like that. Right.
0: So Jack Nicklaus, Gary Player, and Lee Elder were there to basically tee off at, at the first hole today. And what I liked about this today is they incorporated Lee Elder. Lee Elder was the first black man to play in the Masters in 1975. And Nicholas and Gary Player are very old themselves, but they can still get out there and play a little bit.
1: Yes, they're all elders at this
0: point. Yes. And uh, so Lee Elder was uh, driven up in a cart uh, with a cane in an oxygen tank. He didn't hit a ceremonial tee shot, but he didn't need to. And then they held a press conference afterwards, and he addressed everybody. And uh, this was a, a very, very nice moment. Uh, former Masters champions Phil Mickelson and Bubba Watson stood close by, uh, along with Cameron Champ, who I happen to know very well. His father, uh, Cameron, is the young up-and-coming golfer. Uh, he's in his second Masters. He's Sacramento native, uh, who is black, by the way. And uh, so he was there, along with some other black club professionals, who had been invited to be part of the ceremony as well, too. And uh, so I saw uh, his brother, Jeff, uh, his brother, I'm sorry, his father, Jeff, who I know very well, uh, posted a video earlier today of them. And that's talk about a cool, proud Papa moment. And not just because Cameron was there witnessing this, but again, for Lee Elder. And we all know how prejudice. You know, things were, and and people that were involved in the Masters until recently, as we know. No, there's still a lot of
1: people that think oh, they should change the name of the tournament. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. So uh, that was a very cool moment today to see Lee Elder out there. And just, again, one of the iconic traditions that we have in sports that really doesn't even have anything to do with the outcome or the play or whatever, but just these ceremonial rituals— and I really enjoyed that today. Well,
1: and another thing, too, that the Masters done, from, from what I understand, and I know I've seen people post this on social media in different places, uh, I believe at the Masters' dinner leading up to the tournament, they also have a placard in a place with an empty chair where Tiger Woods would have been. So they're showing, you know, tribute to him as well because obviously he can't be there with the accident and everything else. But um, yeah. So you know, I mean, it is cool when when they remember stuff like that, and those are the things that maybe don't get all the headline news and that. But uh, they are they are nice touches and things that you know maybe people should talk about a little bit more. But yeah, it's a you know, it's it. it if you're a golf fan, it's uh, I don't know if it's the number one of all tournaments. I think maybe it is in the United States. I don't know maybe the British Open's bigger overseas or something but it's you know there's you know the, when you're one of only four majors there's you know there, there's a reason for that and you know that why it makes it special and you know even people that don't know the masters have heard of amen corner and stuff like that so you know it, it's a prestigious
0: golf event for sure no i think it's it, it definitely is uh you can make your for me it's always masters and us open and again, I really like the U.S. Open because it's it if it it's different courses, and again um, the way you qualify, you know, it's really open to anybody who can qualify. Masters really isn't in that that type of situation. Masters does have that kind of uh, you know good old boy network feel, but there's a lot of history. It's at the same course every year, you know, and it's kind of like the Daytona 500. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm not a big NASCAR fan at all, but. I, I, I appreciate, okay, you know, Daytona 500 is the yeah. first major race of the year and that sort of thing. It's like baseball well, it's actually the day. first race of the year. Which yeah. I, and, right. it,
1: and it always does seem weird to me that let's have our Super Bowl the first race of the year. Yeah. Now, I know they try to change it with the race series and, the you know, the championship points and the race at the end of it for the overall title and that. But it still seems like most people think, like, the first race is the most important one.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, hey, let, let's kick off the season. And we know the, the season is very, very long, you know, in – uh, in NASCAR, but yeah, the Masters to me, no question, it, it is, and because it is the first golf tournament, and usually you know the course is in pristine condition, the greens are green, the grass is green. You know, the British Open for those reasons. The opposite of that, that's why I don't enjoy the British Open. I don't want to see, you know, brown grass. I don't want to see dirt. I don't want to see high brush. Uh, see, I
1: like the British I, Open because I of it because it is the and, weather. And I, 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 I love it. the
0: deep bunkers. That
1: look like they're getting prepared to for World War II or something like that. <laughs> I, I just think it's awesome, because I look at it and I'm thinking to myself, it's like I, I would have to hit it backwards and then go over. I would have to waste a shot. There's no way I could lift it up with a sandwich <laughs> or something over that wall. It's crazy.
0: yeah, and then they, and then the winds and see yeah. that, and that's what I don't like it ah, because I, I I want, I want golf <laughs> to be played. In pristine conditions, I want nice to work courses. for it, earn nice it. One. But the course is tough enough. I mean, ah, give me a break. And plus, yeah. you, you got to deal with wind and all that other kind of stuff. No, so, you have to deal with some know.
1: hole placement in this and that. And supposedly the greens are really See? slick. And listen,
0: don't don't sit there and, and try to you know downplay the Masters of the I'm U.S. Open. I'm not downplaying Open. it. I'm, just,
1: I'm right? you're making comparisons. You communist?
0: You talking about the British Open or now it's called the Open? Yeah, you're right because Britain is so communist. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hey, we, we didn't think Canada. <laughs> they, were,
1: they, they were the little island that yeah. was taken on all of Europe at one point because they're so communistic.
0: Hey, we didn't think Canada was communist, but our, our good listeners over there are saying, oh, we can't get out of Canada. They're communists over there. Yeah, Miss Saskatchewan actually said that at the Cosmopolitan. Yeah, came a lot of visit. people
1: are calling communism in a lot of places where it's not communism. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, the master's underway. Uh, you, you mentioned Tiger Woods. Uh, we should uh, update Tiger Woods. News as uh, we got word that, uh, you know, the crash back on February the 23rd, investigators now blame excessive speed, really excessive yeah. speed, <laughs> said he was going 87 miles per hour on in that, that downhill. Yeah. In that downhill stretch. You're right. 45 mile an hour area there on the road where he crashed. No signs of impairment. No citations were issued, but they did say excessive speed. Okay. Help me out on this one. You can determine that he was going between 84 and 87 miles per hour during this stretch. You got the skid marks. You got all this stuff. It, it, we've, it, we've been at this now for a month and a half. How come there's no citations issued here when you could tell he was going between 84 and 87 in a 45 zone? No, nope, they didn't have it on radar. What's ra- going on there? They don't have it on radar.
1: There was no eyewitness that actually saw him going that fast, and Tiger Woods can probably afford really good lawyers. So why give him a citation that he's going to beat anyway? That's what you're going with? That's what I'm going with. All right. There you go. Tiger Woods can afford good attorneys. I don't think he's going to. I don't think his biggest problem right now is wondering if he's getting a speeding ticket.
0: Mm. (laughs) Tiger Woods uh, still recuperating. But, uh, yeah, that news, uh, you know, came down. So as far as the Masters, where we're at, uh, uh, most players already in the clubhouse. Justin Rose is the leader at uh, four under par. Uh, actually, he is uh, still on the course, uh, one of the uh, um, few uh, threesomes that are on the course right now. And uh, he completed uh, 14 holes, and he's four under par. Uh, several golfers at three and two under. So, yeah, four under after, you know, 14 holes, pretty Pretty, pretty impressive.
1: And yeah, so he could open up that lead a little bit, or if he comes yeah. down and he has a bad hole, be right mm. in that three range. So looks like that's about where it's going to be. I, I know that right now it's too early to think about it, but right. you know uh, everybody is going to be talking pretty soon about who's going to make the cut and who's not going to make the cut. Yeah,
0: yeah. And of course you can wager on that as well too. Well, of course you can. Yeah. And uh, we'll be talking to our good friend Chuck Esposito over at Sunset Station a little bit later on uh, in the show as uh, we talk to Chuck regarding Masters betting. Everything so we'll we'll dive into that, uh, you know, with, with him. But uh, now do you bet m-
1: m- much golf?
0: I don't bet golf at all, yeah. I, don't, I don't bet really any of the individual sports
1: because I know a lot of people that do bet golf that do like they, they like the matchups mm. and things like that, yeah. You know, like they might not bet somebody to win the tournament or they might take a flyer on a couple different people, but they'll like, like, say, this golfer against that golfer, mm. they like the head to head matchups that a lot of books provide in, in different mm. scenarios,
0: as you may remember. Um, I have said this before. I don't bet golf. I don't bet NASCAR. Don't bet any really individual sports. I bet on my first tennis match that I could remember when I was talking to you, and when I bet Naomi Osaka, and I gave you good advice. You gave me good advice and cash a ticket, and uh, so I'm one for one on tennis with that. But yeah, you know, as far as futures, I've never been much of a future guy, but I have played baseball futures and I mentioned, you know, the Astros where I feel there's some value in that sort of thing. I, I get that. But just with golf and NASCAR and that sort of thing, I just I, I kinda just stay away because I always thought that an interesting prop bet was the field bet. And I want to talk to Chuck about that today. Cause I really believe the field bet has really gone by the wayside. Because remember before, and I'm going back, you know, ten, fifteen years or so, normally you would list maybe the top ten golfers, maybe top fifteen, and that would be it. Now in the field bet would be like 15 to one or 20 to one or something like that. And they would pay off because a lot of times in golf, you know, when you have over 200 competitors in the field, that was a pretty wise bet. Yeah. And then as the years went on, then they started expanding and expanding. And now everybody has a price tag. I mentioned, uh, you know, Cameron champ, right? He's 300 to one. So if they're listing everybody, you know, from the favorites here, you know, to you know, Jordan Spieth who is is nine to one, and Rory McIlroy seventeen to one. I mean, it go. You look at the list now. I mean, there's pages and pages. You know how we talk about the Super Bowl prop bets? That's the way golf is right now, too. So, you know, for me, I think it's too hard when you're asking one guy to beat two hundred. I'm like you. I'd, I'll, I'll bet tennis, the matchups and that sort of thing. Maybe golf. Pick a matchup or whatever. But to pick one winner out of the field, I think that's nearly impossible. I think it's a sucker's bet, and. I really have never known anyone to be able to 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 pick a winner. I've known guys for I mean going back 20, 30 years that, that get all fired up about betting these golf tournaments. Oh, you know, I've got I've got so and so, this and that. Well, good luck. I think you're throwing your money away. It's it's tough. How do you handicap that? I don't know, but what I hear I know some people
1: do handicap by the course and things like that, like this course is, you know, is better for this golfer or whatever. But it seems to me like most times when I hear people that do have a bet on an individual golfer, they're talking about how they were right in the running on that final Sunday and then They fell by the wayside or they missed a hole or they, you know, bogeyed or hit it in the water or something. And it's usually they make it sound like it's a bad beat story or something. But, no, I agree with you. Like the field bet, like you mentioned, the golfer that's 300 to one, if he's part of the field, it's probably like only 15 to one. But you're getting 100 golfers. Correct. You know, as opposed to trying to pick out that one of the 100. And that's what does make it interesting. And it also makes it different, too, with golf because you not only have to have somebody who can golf that course. You don't know where the hole placement is going to be every day, what the wind conditions. Like you mentioned, guys that are on the course right now, uh, the conditions might be better now than they were for the guys that hit it earlier on when there might be more wind or this, that, or the other. So I know some people look at that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of different factors. And then, of course, the biggest factor of all, and I talk about this in tennis a little bit. But in tennis, you're still just playing a different opponent every day. You have to win on multiple days to win the majors out there. But you have to play good for four straight days. One bad day, maybe one bad hole can be the thing that costs you that tournament or whatever. So, you know, it it is interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I, I watch golf as far as channel surfing and stuff like that. I do not sit bunkered down and checking out every hole in this and that. I find it incredible. I know that, uh, you know... Most professional athletes, it seems like, especially a lot of hockey players and basketball players and stuff like that, they love golf because it is so challenging. And no matter how good you ever are, you can still get better. And there's still things that confuse you on the golf course. So, but yeah, it's it's a great tournament. But yeah, but it does seem to me like there used to be more of the field vets in that. But yeah, but now you can find everybody individually. So I don't even know what the field would encompass anymore. But right. I'm
0: sure it'd be fewer players than it used to be. Right, and, and again, I'm sure that's that's good for the book as well too, because the more options you can have, again, the the more bets that you're going to to take from players. And, and we'll talk to Chuck Esposito uh, about that coming up. All right, so Chuck will join us a little bit later on. Also, RVD Rob Van Dam in the house here today with his uh, Thursday stop by, and of course, uh, does R- he have
1: a Hall of Fame ring? He's going to be ringing in? We'll,
0: we'll we'll find out. Yeah, as, uh, as I want to we... know. Tuesday, he was uh, officially inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So we'll have some Hall of Fame talk uh, with our Hall of Famer. Uh, we we'll love that as well, too. And very important, if you remember two weeks ago, we gave away some uh, CBD uh, oils and creams. And to our loyal listeners who called in to win, they've had two weeks to try the product. So we are going to hear from our three winners that won And uh, get a chance to talk with RVD, and they're going to give them the testimonials about how the RVD CBD is working, how it's helped them in their lives. And uh, I'm looking forward to this because, as we know, our winners uh, called in, and it was great that they won, but it sounded like all three of them really needed it for some pain and some discomfort, and uh, we'll see how it helped. So I know RVD is looking forward to that as well too, and I think this is going to be kind of a, a regular thing that we do with him, where you know he wants to hear from the fans, he wants to hear from the people out there that are that are trying his product. Well, you need honest feedback, absolutely, yeah. And this is something that he's put his heart and soul into, just like he did with his wrestling career. And for the most part, you know, he's, he's retired now, and he's he's got a very good, thriving business, the RVD CBD. And again, you have an opportunity to go check out his website. With everything that's on there, with the gummies, the tinctures, the creams, um, the the smokables, all of that stuff is up there. And he's giving you 21% off anything and everything on the website if you use that promo code TCRVD. So (laughs) peruse that website. Go to it. And again... You you and I, we're not the biggest CBD guys, but we've tried it as well too. But his prices and everything on there, we know it's quality to begin with because he's put years of work and research into this with his team of experts. And 21% off of anything that's on the website is a great deal. So we invite people to go to rvdcbd.com and check that out. And RVD will be with us uh, coming up next hour, so hang tight for that.
1: Yeah, so uh, it it will be interesting to see what uh, people have to say about it, good or bad, you know, hopefully more good than bad, certainly. And, uh, you know, and and let's face it, I don't care what age you are, you know, when you're a young kid and you're working out all the time, you have little aches and pains, and the older you get, the more aches and pains you get and the longer they seem to last. So, you know, everybody can use it here and there at certain points of their life. You got it. All right. You could have rubbed it on after that accident. You would have made it to the game. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
0: They wouldn't let me go. No, you're going to the hospital. No, no, I'm fine. You wouldn't let you're me fine. go, but I'm telling you, left the next day anyhow. See, we, we, what what is wrong with these doctors and these paramedics? They're too concerned about our own health. I mean, we we know if we can march on or not. So we're unconscious for a few minutes or an hour or so. Don't we know better?
1: Maybe our body just needed the rest. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody needed a Coca-Cola. That's what they needed. They needed a Coca-Cola. That was the other thing. I couldn't get a Coke. <laughs> it took me like hours to even finally let Wait, them. Wait, you tell me you never even got the Coke? You you didn't get it or you did get it? No, I didn't get it. I got it out of the way went to, the, to store. the store. I That's wasn't at the store. I got hit before I got in oh, there. Then
0: that makes the story even worse.
1: <laughs> it, it took me like six hours to get them to finally let me suck on an ice cube because my mouth was so dry. <sighs> they were afraid that because I had a broken See, nice. neck that it could cause damage. Cola snob? Cola snob. That's what you get. Yeah, this from the biggest food snob. I won't eat popcorn that's not hot.
0: Well, who, who, wait, do you hear what you just said? How's that being a snob? Who wants cold popcorn? You go to the movie theater, what does the sign say during the, the trailers and the previews? Visit our snack bar for hot, fresh popcorn. Would I expect anything else? Are you going to put cold popcorn down your pipes? Of course you're not.
1: Uh, what are a lot, lot trying of people that say? go to the theater and that have had cold popcorn. I know this is true. <laughs> Absolutely. Or where they go and, to a
0: sporting event. Yes, yes, and it's all been sitting in those <laughs> things. Bags. Yeah. I told you the story. Lambeau Field, I'd go there on a Friday afternoon, and they're making the popcorn. I go, who's this for? The game? I go, the game's Sunday. They go, yeah, we're, we're packaging it up right now. while well, it's 22 degrees on a Friday. Yeah. You're going to store it. You know, oh, forget yeah. Don't get me going about it. That was really hot. All right. Greg Vaughn is going to join us. My buddy, the... Uh, Home run king back in the day, a 15-year Major League Baseball career, 355 homers, and uh, he is going to join us as we talk a little Major League Baseball. What an appropriate day to have him on. Yeah?
1: It's the anniversary of Hank Aaron breaking the record.
0: The, see? He just led, he led me right into it, right? There it is. There you go. Can't have Dusty on, you know, or Jerry Royster. we we'll have Greg Vaughn on. Here you go. Who is April, Jerry 8, Royster's 1974, cousin? 1974, off Al again? Downing. There you go. There you go. Don't you forget it. Dusty Baker on deck. Good stuff. All right. We come back. GV 23 and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C. Martin Show on a thunderous Thursday. Uh, now, now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. All oh, for crying out loud. The, the doctor. doctor. You watch your language on the air. T.C. Martin. <laughs> All right! Don't forget to get on over to one of the William Hill sports books, specifically the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, of course. Get the mobile app; so easy to use. Getting bet on the in-game wagering options and everything. Whether it's the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, of course, the Masters, you can uh, get involved with that. Get the William Hill mobile app; real easy to do. First, download it on your phone. Get over to one of the great William Hill sports books or any of the kiosks all around town, deposit at least $50 into a brand new account. And when you do that, boom, they will match it with an additional $50 if you use that promo code TC50. Use that promo code TC50, $50 free dollars in your account. When you deposit $50, they match it with an additional $50, free money to play with at any of the William Hill sportsbooks. Get the William Hill mobile app real easy to use and to find good luck. There you go. All right, Uh, we said opening day of the Masters, great weather. We are a week into the Major League Baseball season. We start diving into that. And uh, let's bring in a very good friend, former Major League Baseball player, 15 year veteran, had a fantastic career that, uh, like I said, spanned over 15 years, hit 355 homers during his career, a four time All Star. and had that great 50-home run season in 1998, the year of the home run, as we always talk about, and spent his time with the Brewers, the Padres, the Reds, the Rays, and of course the Rockies. I'm talking about the Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer, too, Greg Vaughn. What's going on, GV? Hey, what's up, TC? How are you? I'm doing great, man. And uh, Greg actually is in town here. Actually, he's a a, a part-time... We can say that part-time Las Vegas resident. He has a home here and just opened a brand new business here, uh, in Las Vegas that we will talk about today too. uh, restore hyper wellness. And, uh, you guys just opened the doors. Things going pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, we
2: have a you know, we're going through our soft opening right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tomorrow will be the official day of the soft opening and then we'll have a grand opening on the 7th of May. But yeah, things are going good. You know, it's, uh, you know i'm i'm loving it out here you know i love living in anthem and being part of the uh vegas community and i'm i'm looking forward to uh you know what restore can do out here and ha- how many lives we can affect you know out here in vegas
0: and let's talk a little bit about that because again this is this is a great uh franchise that you tapped into uh, tell us how you got into this why you've always been a a workout guru and everybody that that we talk to who knows you that's played with you or, or competed against you know that I mean you are always a competitor. You wanted to keep your body in the utmost, you know, condition here. Uh talk a little bit of how you got involved in this business.
2: Well, I got involved because uh, you know, in my career, you know, you know, with B twelve shots, trying to, you know, keep keep my energy and immune system up, you know, uh going to University of Miami where it's the you know, humidity is a hundred percent you know, like 40% of the – well, 60% of the time, you know, you know, throughout my college career and playing on AstroTurf in college, I had to learn about, you know, things I can do to recover. So I sat in the ice bath ever since my days at University of Miami, whether it was 100, 110, or 60, to try to bring my body back. You know, the old tubs, you know, we didn't have the uh, – technology as we do today to have the cryo machines. Uh, so I was sitting in ice tub even throughout every, from spring training to the last day of the season, I sat in the cold tub, 38 degrees, and submerged my whole body to try to bring my body back. And, uh, you know, so between that and the alternative to taking pills, you know, uh, I, I, I like the, the wellness side of it. You know, to, you know, for us, you know, it's a lifestyle. And especially... You know, I was, I was proud to, you know, under the circumstances, I was proud to be part of, you know, my, my restore store in Sacramento. We gave free IVs and immune system IVs to, you know, all our first responders to try to say, you know, to say thank you, but to keep them healthy and safe, you know, as we went through the pandemic. So, you know, we have every IV shot you can possibly have. We have, uh, you know, facial crawl We have local crawl We have... Uh, a four-person cryo chamber, which is one of the first. All my other stores have a one-person uh, cryo chamber. You know, we have PDM, you know, therapy, anything that's natural that we can do to keep us looking young and to really, uh, you know, have a better way of life, you know. And uh, like I said, we have the shots, you know, those are big. And, you know, we have IV drips, the IM shots, the NAD therapy, you know, micro uh nutrient testing. Yeah, I mean anything you can do, you know, whether infrared sauna. But it's a one stop shop. I used to have to go in the off season of three or four different places to try to get all my services in. And uh now with Restore, you know, we're the first one in in Las Vegas here, Restore in Henderson, uh right around the corner from uh, you know, Green Valley Casino mm-hmm. we we uh you know, we're trying to do our thing, and, and so far it's been a big hit. You know, uh, we have some partnerships coming up that we'll talk about. You know, when they happen, I don't want to jinx myself or <laughs> or put it out there too early. You never know what can happen. But, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. And, I'm, and like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, also being part of the Las Vegas community in a positive way and, you know, just doing my part to try to make – all of us have more healthy and efficient lives.
0: You got it. Restore hyper-wellness and cryotherapy. It's located on Green Valley Parkway. Uh, it, the doors are open right now. Definitely check it out. It is, it's a great facility, uh, great amenities, uh, no doubt uh, about it, and Greg Vaughn uh, ownership there in that. And, uh, you know, the last time we had you on the show, I remember you were getting, I believe, an IV drip while we were doing the interview. On the show. I, re- I remember that. Like, hey, <laughs> <it's like, laughs> Probably, too. You know, out here with
2: the weather, you know, yeah. you know we can never drink enough or get enough fluid right. in us. So, you know, between the B12 and, and you know, as you get older, the magnesium, you know, for the heart. And, you know, all these different components that we're able to. And the thing about it, T.C., we're able to adjust to everyone's specific lifestyle of what they need. You know what I mean? So, your, your needs are going to be different than Greg Vaughn's needs and vice versa, so we're able to, to tailor that towards each individual. And like I said, to be able to sit in the cryo chamber for three minutes, and, you know, we could fit four people in there now, three minutes, opposed to sitting in a cold tub for of torture for 15 to 17 minutes every day. I mean, you know, you just have more time throughout the day to, to do all your stuff. And, then, you know, I'm starting to see the same people come every day doing the, the uh the infrared sauna, they're going to the compression, they're getting stretched, you know, they're talking to the nurse, their wives are getting the high self facials, the hydrofacials and, you know, the microderm and they're doing the, the, the fat sculpture, you know, so there's just so many things that everyone can do and it's a way of life. And, you know, I'm proud to say that it's a one stop shop for me now. I don't have to go to five different places to get, you know, each individual. Uh, Treatment.
0: Yeah, Greg Vaughn joins us. And, and, you know, Greg, I want to go back to what you said earlier about you know your playing days and everything. You know, when you played late eighties, throughout the nineties, early two thousands, you know, the facilities that you guys had in the clubhouses were nowhere near what it, it is like there now. Like you said, yeah, you had to do the the conventional ice baths and that sort of thing. You know, talk about uh, how you know going through the 162 game schedule and everything and going through that in those facilities compared to where you know, the players do it now because they do have a lot of these chambers either at, at the park now or in their homes and that sort of thing, it totally is night and day difference, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But, you know, once again, too, our, our, I'm sure our amenities were different from you know, the players before us. But now, I mean, every stadium has what, five or six different cold, uh, cold tubs, jacuzzis, you know, four or five different hot ones, cryo machines. you know, and it was, you know, I, I wanted to get involved because I wanted to bring that lifestyle to the general public, you know, to be able to have the same amenities that the professional athletes are the quote unquote well to do, whatever that means, are, are, are living at an affordable price. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is, you know, I couldn't imagine being able to, to get the cryo machine and, you know, burns 400 calories you know every time you go in there you know for 3 minutes and it's to be able to to get the recovery in a short amount of time and to be able to have you know that time to spend with your family or whatever way you want to do it, it you know it has to be incredible yeah these guys are well tuned athletes and like i said now i mean you look at the bodies whether they're baseball football basketball i was i was at uh the hockey game denied, the other night the night's game you, you know just the atmosphere and, you know, what they're putting the bodies through is it, it's awesome to be, that they do have the facilities now in-house. You know, I was going to three or four different places, like I said, you know, to try to get through the season. All
0: right. Greg Vaughn uh, joins us here. Uh, I got to get my, my partner in here, uh, Ballpark. Frank, Ball, Ballpark, you got to go. We, we got to get you in. I know you're just dying to go submerge your body into, uh, you know, 22-degree uh, ice baths, right? Well, I am a little bit. You want to freeze. We need... We're going to freeze you up for a little bit. Just for about five minutes. Yeah, well, Mr. Freeze was
1: never my favorite character on Batman. So, but, um, <laughs> but, but I am a little bit curious because you mentioned the fact of outside of the time, what is the, the time saved in the, in the chamber? What are the other benefits of it? Because I, I'm assuming that when you took those ice, ice baths, it takes a while to adjust and even, you know, get up the cojones to get in that ice water all the time and that kind of stuff. Is it a, a, an easier adjustment period being in the chamber? What is the reaction to the body in that? I mean, because, you know, because I know that's what scares a lot of people. I mean, you know, you see somebody take off their shirt at a game in Soldier Field from, in Chicago where I'm from, and people think they're crazy, but you're basically the polar bear club every, after every game.
2: Yeah, and you, you use the right words, cojones, because <laughs> they are affected, trust me, during that initial plunge. You know what I mean? So to speak, so... Uh, the, the chamber, to me, it's it's far less of a torture opposed to an ice bath. An ice bath, I mean, between your toes and every other extremity you have in there, it's painful. You know it, what I mean? Every it's, nook it, it's, and it's cranny. <laughs> every nook and cranny. That's a good word. That's a, way to, a good way to explain it. I just think with with technology now, it's it's less painful. I mean, the time you spend in an ice bath, or I, I, I did. I can do two or three different treatments now in the same amount of time, you know, so I can go to PBM and get, you know, and work on my cells. And we have a lot of things for the, for the women, you know, it's a hyper wellness facility, but it's also with the beauty rather esthetician, you know, they do the, the, the body sculpturing, they do the hydro they do the, the cryo facials. So like I said, it's just, I'm seeing, I'm starting to see the same people you know, the, the, the married couple, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, And now the girlfriend with all her friends, you know, having IV drip parties, you know. So it's it's basically, you know, another lifestyle adjustment because, you know, especially after this pandemic, you know, we are living in different times now. You know, as things are still opening up, but also people, I think, are trying to take precautions to make sure they stay healthy. And with the IVs and the IM shots, you know, we have a way to, you know, up your immune system and, and keep that healthy also. But, you know, if I can go into something for three minutes and lose 400
0: calories, that's pretty good. There you go. All right. Restore Hyper Wellness Cryotherapy, Green Valley Parkway, uh, soft opening going on. The doors are open there in Henderson. Uh, Check it out. You will be impressed. Hey, Greg, I I want to touch upon something with you. So uh, a good buddy of ours and one of your former teammates, he's on the show here regularly, and that's Chris Basio. And, uh, you know, him and I were were having a conversation uh, the other day, and we were talking about some of those old brewer. Uh, days when you guys were teammates and, you know, Brewer fans, you know, you and Boz just so beloved and everything. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the relationship that you specifically had with Gary Sheffield. And Sheff, you know, was a guy who just came up, you know, through the Brewers organization. And I know you had a special relationship with him. I know Boz was kind of telling the story when he invited you guys over his place and he was barbecuing some steaks and, and this sort of thing. And, and, and Sheffield just really didn't want to be in Milwaukee and everything. And you kind of took him under his, uh, your wing, so to speak, didn't you? And then this guy, no one knew what kind of career that, that probably either one of you guys would have. But, uh, you know, Sheffield just really kind of was, was a guy that like, okay, I, I don't know if this is going to work. I want out of Milwaukee. But that might have really been the best thing for him. Then he went on to success uh, with the Padres, just like you did end up uh, as well, too. Talk a little bit about those times and any memories that you got about those guys.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, at one time I think, you know, you can understand this, PC. We, we had five guys from Sacramento yep. on the Brewers, you know, at one time. And for me and Chef, it goes back to when I was at the University of Miami and that's where he was going to go to school. So we became friends on his recruiting trip, and then we both were picked in the same draft in the first round. And, uh, you know, he was just like my little brother. You know, we lived together in the big leagues. We lived together, you know, throughout the the short stay in the minor leagues that we had. But I did know what type of career he was going to have because at that age I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you know, of course you had junior, I think the year after that. But you had – Shep, he was just special, you know. God, you know, the Lord looks down on some guys and just says it's meant to be. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not hard to imagine that you know Doc Gooden is his mom's brother. You know, so you know it was in the bloodlines. You know, you know, you have one of the best pitchers of all time, and then, like I said, Shep can do stuff that not many people could. I mean, at that age, I I didn't see. He's supposed to be in high school. He's in the big leagues. Get knocked down by Nolan Ryan. And then throws in the curveball and rifles it to right center field. You know what I mean? And at that age to have that type of hand-eye, that type of strength throughout his forearms and his hands, I mean, he, he he's he was always special. And I knew what type of you know player he is. Shep is the type of guy, though. He's like all of us, but he wears it on his sleeve a little bit more, and he's not a, not afraid to express himself. So you know, a situation where he's playing shortstop, which was his dream position, and the Brewers at the time drafted Bill Spires out of Clemson. The next year, Shep didn't feel like he got a shot to play his position. And he didn't feel like it was fair that the numbers that myself and him had to put up in the minor leagues to move up. And what Billy did, who was a friend of mine also, Bill Spires, what he did was comparable compatible or comparable. And all of a sudden he's getting moved to third base. And he was like, I'm not having it. That's not right. That's not fair. He said, I can play shortstop. So once he, and I'm saying one thing about Gary, he doesn't lie, but don't lie to him or you're basically shunned. you know what I mean? So after he felt betrayed by the front office, no matter if it was me, his mother, you know, Mr. Seeley, Robin, Paulie, he wasn't, he didn't want to be there anymore. And it worked out for him. You know, it, it, was, it was sad for myself and him because we were like brothers, you know, like going to spend time at his home in Florida and his, he would come to California and spend time with me in the offseason, you know, and we were still that way. It, it, it was tough, but at the same time, I think people had a misconception of Gary that he was a bald person. There's not a better teammate in the world you can have than Gary Sheffield. It, but like I said, just do what you say you're going to do. If you say you're going to do this, then he has no problem with it. But just don't, you know, lie to him or do something you're not going to do. Say something you're not going to do because he's going to hold you to it. You, you and uh,
0: that's about it. You do you remember? Okay, you mentioned about about getting knocked down, Nolan Ryan. Do you do you recall that game? I guess you guys were at Tiger Stadium when Jack Morris was pitching. I guess Jack Morris like brushed him back. And then and they, they had a stare down and about ready to go at each other. And then I think Chef uh, lined one foul or something like that. And then there was this back and forth between them. And then I believe he hit one out of the yard at that point in time. You were, I know you guys were teammates that time. Do you recall that moment? Yeah. I, you know what? I, I recall a lot of Gary chef
2: moments. Like I said, he's not going to be intimidated.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, we used to talk about it all the time. It's a, it's a game of intimidation. You don't see it so much now because of the – you know, the salaries, so to speak. You know, it's like you can't touch the quarterback. You don't see a lot of guys getting hit now or knocked down now. Where our era, you know, you knock down one of us or one of them, you're going to get three of us, you know, and vice versa. And, yeah, but but we knew that's just the way the game was played back then. You know, it was uh, a game where it was based on intimidation. And, unfortunately, that was the pitcher's, uh, aspect as well. They were there to try to intimidate us. You know, we, we, we could tell who and we knew who the, the guys were that were going to, hey, if you want me, come get me. This is the way it is. And, uh, you know, it was just part of the game. And then after the game, there was no hard feelings. You know what I mean? And that that was just it. You know, sort of like the hockey players. You have to fight. You do whatever you have to do. And then after that, you know, you have respect for that other person in that uniform. It, as long as they did it the right way, you know you know what I mean? When you start doing a guy's head and it's 90 and a hundred miles, you know, 95 miles an hour, you know, you're playing with their livelihoods and we have kids and, and families too. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that was part of the game that really isn't there anymore. And, uh, but Gary wasn't going to be intimidated by anybody. Like I said, he's from Tampa, Florida and Hillsboro and he went, you know, seems like being from South Sac or South Central, yep. or the Fifth Ward, or the Fourth. You know, it's you know, everyday life isn't going to intimidate us. How is this going to intimidate us? There you go. And uh, and you know, and that's that's just how we played. You know, and it's funny now because Chef always teases me, even about you know my wine label that I came out with. You know, and uh, he says, it, 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 "Who would ever think you would be into wine at this point in your life when I knew nothing about it?" Except maybe it, maybe it came in the box when I was growing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, but now, you know, you can go to 23wines.com, and I have my own wine label. And it's, you know, you know it's, it's how we evolve as we get older. There you, know, it's, it's just so, you know what I mean? And that's how trying to live out the, the rest of the days as good as
0: we can, there, and you're doing great, man. Again, he's he's into fitness. Restore hyper wellness here in Green Valley. He's got his own wine label, GV23. You got Dusty's wine. You got your wine. See, all, all of our all of our Sack Sports Hall of Famers getting in the wine business, man. You wine connoisseurs. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, they didn't go from
1: the batter's box to the wine box. This is good quality wine. There you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: appreciate that. I appreciate that. No, yeah, we we tried. Like I said, it's, uh, you know, I didn't want to put something out there that I wouldn't drink. And I'm, I'm proud. I mean, from the picking out the labels, you know, I, I got to give out a shout to the ET Family Winery because, you know, Brett and, and Katie, who's a good friend of them, yep. that is a marketing uh, person. They've made me feel at home and they've been with me every step of the way. You know, I'm still learning how to post and tag and do all that other stuff, you know, but... Uh, you know, we've had good success so as far, as, you know, and, and good feedback from
0: the line. All right, Greg. Hey, man, we got to spend some more time with you here. Now that you're going to be uh, back in town on a regular basis, we got a lot of other stuff that we got to touch on, man, current Major League Baseball and everything. So let's, uh, let's get you back on very, very soon, my man. Okay, sounds good, TC. Thank you. You got it, brother. There it is. Greg Vaughn. There it is. Home run king, as I like to call him. 355 homers, four-time All-Star. Check out his uh, new place, Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy in Green Valley Parkway. And or you can order the wine. Just Google it right there. GV23. Probably can't have a wine while you're sitting in the chamber, though, huh? <gasps> Why not? I don't know. Yeah? Yeah? Well, we'll have to ask about that next time. <laughs> no doubt. All right. GV, uh, great friend. Great guy. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, Chuck Esposito is going to join us. We'll talk about the Masters, talk about the Futures. RVD, Rob Van Dam, the Hall of Famer. He's coming up next, too. Don't you dare go anywhere. It is the T.C. Martin Show. Thunderous Thursdays.